0: They say that God is a God of blessing. Is he? I mean, does God really want to bless you and me? And if he does, how does that happen? Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond and welcome to the program today as we kick off a new series of messages called Blessed to be a Blessing. And please do stick with me because at the end of today's message I'll be telling you about our latest life application booklet which also is called "Blessed to be a Blessing. I'd love to send you a free copy to help you experience the joy of receiving and giving the blessings of God. The words God and blessing somehow seem to go naturally together. In fact, God is a God who wants to bless us. Or is he? Each one of us can look back on our lives and point to some times of great joy and blessing and then times of hurt and disappointment and sorrow and loneliness where it seemed as though if there is a God who blesses, well, he must have deserted us, or at least that's how it felt. What do you think? If God is God, is he a God of blessing? Or is that just some kind of unbalanced, kind of secular view of God that's crept into our thinking? Or is God a God who really doesn't care about us? For me at least, getting a real handle on what God's up to in my life, what his plans are, is kind of where the rubber of faith hits the road of life. Why is this whole thing of God's blessing so important? I think at least I see a lot of misunderstanding about God and his heart and where he stands on blessing us. There seem to be two extremes, two opposite ends of the spectrum where people take extreme views. At one end, it goes something like this, God wants to bless me, therefore I should believe in him for the next new Mercedes and the next million dollars and the next bigger house. In fact, God is some sort of sugar daddy. It's all about me. I'm at the centre stage. I name it. I claim it. You know something? Lots of Christians teach it, and lots more believe it. The problem that I have with that is that when I compare that to Jesus hanging there on the cross, I mean, he lost everything for you and me. Even the clothes on his back, beaten and brutalized, he lost his life. And this sort of God is a sugar daddy end of the spectrum really jars with the cross, doesn't it? And it leads to some of the worst excesses, the televangelists pressuring people for money and flying around in their private jets. Is that where this understanding of blessing should end up, do you think? Now, the other end of the spectrum says that you have to be poor to serve God, that money is evil. We just had someone ring up at midnight the other night and leave a message on the phone to say, how dare you sell a CD? And then how dare you ask for support for your ministry? Money is evil. People who have money are evil. That's what they said on the telephone message. I was talking with a man in India recently, and of course India is a land of huge extremes. You have the very rich, and then you have many, many very, very poor people. And he was very critical of this particular Christian leader who just had a nice house and a nice suburb. He believed that was wrong. You see, I look at that end of the spectrum and I go to the Bible and I read about Abraham. Abraham was this man of God, the man that God chose to engage with his chosen people first time round. Abraham was rich. King Solomon, one of the wisest men that ever walked the earth, he was very rich. He was full of God's wisdom. Can you see the problem? At one end, you can have people getting these extreme prosperity views in their heads, thinking it's all about them and their material wealth, and it plays right into the hands of the world. Me, me, me. The next plasma television, the next big car. If you don't have that, then, well, obviously, you don't have enough faith. On the other hand, this perception that you have to be poor to be a Christian Well, if that were the case, who would ever fund the work of the Lord on this planet? I mean, God has always chosen to fund his work through his people. I know some very, very wealthy Christian business people who do an enormous amount to fund the work of the kingdom of God. So it's kind of a bit of a dilemma, isn't it? I mean, we can talk about pure monetary blessing and think that God wants to bless us financially. He blesses some people and not others. And then then there are these other things that happen, earthquakes, tsunamis, a young person who loves Jesus and dies at the age of 18 with cancer, car crashes, divorce, retrenchment, all that stuff in life. We all experience some of those things in our lives. Are you with me? So what's God's plan? Does God want to bless you and me or not? Is it okay to ask for his blessing? Is it okay to expect his blessing, or is that just presumptuous? This is an important question because it's where the rubber hits the road. You get up in the morning and you maybe pray and you look forward to the day. How do you pray? What do you ask for? What do you give thanks for? What are you going to talk to God about? Is it okay to ask for God's blessing in this difficult situation that's going to happen at work this afternoon? God, where are you in all of that? That's why we're having a little series this week on the program called Blessed to be a Blessing. I'm a simple kind of guy. I just open the Bible. I see what God's saying on the subject. I try and get it in balance. God's word empowers us. And the problem that I often see when people look at the subject of God's blessing is that you can just take one verse and say, "Wow, there it is. That's it and you end up with one of those extreme positions I was talking about before. But over the course of this week on the program, we're going to try and get a look at the whole thing from God's perspective. Is God a God who blesses? What does blessing mean? The main connotation is God's divine favour, God intervening to make something better or to give us something that will bring joy or happiness. There's financial blessing, of course. There's spiritual blessing. There's physical blessing, like healing. Anything and everything, God's divine favour, his blessing becoming active in our lives. Question is, is God in the blessing business? When I see the word bless or blesses or blessed or blessing, you know, it appears 358 times throughout the Bible. And the very first time it appears is in the first chapter of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, verse 22, let's go there and have a bit of a look. This is where God creates all of creation. He makes light out of darkness, the heavens and the earth, the oceans, the dry land, the plants. First time he creates living creature, this is what he says. So God created the creatures of the sea and every living and moving thing with which the water teems according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind and God saw that it was good. Now look at this, God blessed them and said be fruitful and increase in number and fill the water and the seas and let the birds increase on the earth. And the second time the concept of blessing happens in the Bible is just a few verses later in that same chapter, that first chapter of Genesis, verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our own image and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over all the earth, over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God he created them, male and female he created them. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, and rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. And then God said to them, I give you every seed bearing plant on the face of the, the whole earth, every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They'll be yours for food. And to all of the beasts of the earth and all of the birds of the air and all of the creatures that move on the ground, everything that has breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. Let me ask you something. Do you think God is in the blessing business? The whole creation thing, the whole the whole idea of creation is that God created this wondrous, wondrous universe and then he kind of comes along and makes you and me and he makes us part owners, joint owners in the whole of creation. He gives the whole thing over to us and says, look, it's yours. You own it. You subdue it. You use it. It's my blessing to you. But as we'll see tomorrow in the program, there was something we did that interrupted that blessing, that broke that blessing. And even after we do those things, even after we rebel and turn our back on God, you know something? It doesn't change who God is. God wants to bless us. In a world where success seems to be the holy grail, It's easy to get the wrong idea. I mean, completely the wrong idea about God's blessing. Being blessed, sure, that's great. But letting God's blessing flow out through us is about a million times better. And that's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet. It's called Blessed to Be a Blessing, and it's full of life-changing practical Bible teaching to help you experience the joy of receiving and giving the blessings of God. And at the end of each chapter, you'll find some life application questions to help you kind of think through and apply God's Word right into the realities of your life. So you can request your free copy right now. Either stop by at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll free on 300 722 415 and we'll send your booklet straight out to you in the post. Again, that's ChristianityWorks.com